It's been another great week of football in the UEFA Champions League knockout stages. On Tuesday, we were treated to an absolute classic in Manchester. And it's in by Leroy Sané, and Manchester City have five. It's been an absolutely amazing night of UEFA Champions League football. As well as Manchester City's 5-3 win over Monaco, there were six more goals in Germany. Guided in by Fernando Torres, by Leverkusen 2. Atletico 4. Then on Wednesday, the 10 men of Porto battled bravely, only for two goals in two minutes to put Juventus firmly in control of that tie. The space of the back post, and Danny Alves has scored! He's just come on, he's made it 2-0 to Juve! And in the space of three minutes, this tie has turned Juventus' way! Whilst in Spain, Sevilla were dominant for large spells against the English champions, but Leicester have some hope going into the second leg. Firing it across the penalty area, and Vardy's on the end of it to score what could be a precious away goal for Leicester City. You'll hear from key players and head coaches, including Pep Guardiola, Leonardo Jardim, Sami Khedira, and Felipe Luiz as we analyze the week's action, right here on Match Day Live. Welcome to the show. I'm Rob Taylor, and I'm joined by European football expert Paul Saffer. Uh, Paul, so much drama over the course of this week. Absolutely. I mean, you have to start with that Manchester City 5, Monaco 3. Monaco were 3-2 up after that incredible goal from Falcao, that incredible finish after he'd already scored and missed the penalty beforehand. And then Manchester City zooming back in the end to win 5-3, but that's... That's going to be such a tremendous second leg to look forward to. And then also Atletico winning 4-2 at, at by Leverkusen. And yet Atletico were completely in control at half-time. Leverkusen really threatened to come back. And then we move on to Wednesday's games. Porto reduced to 10 men fairly early, held out so well, but just caught out in the end by those two Juve substitutions for 2-0. And then Seville totally dominating against Leicester, <laughs> missing a penalty, scoring, going 2-0 up. But Jamie Vardy finally getting his first UEFA Champions League goal to get it back to 2-1 and that second leg is really up for grabs against the odds. Paul, we could end the show there with that perfect summary, but we won't. We've got lots to talk about. A reminder of the classified results from the round of 16 first leg ties this week. On Tuesday, Manchester City 5, Monaco 3, Bayer Leverkusen 2, Atletico 4. And on Wednesday, Porto 0, Juventus 2, Sevilla 2, Leicester City 1. We'll begin with that astonishing match between Manchester City and Monaco then, which was watched for Match Day Live by John Bradley. Silva forward inside the penalty. Sonny across goal! Raheem Sterling for Manchester City. They found a way through. And here is the ball delivered right for him. Cross goal! Oh, it's 1-1! Radamel Falcao! It is just a picture book header from a man who's done it so many times before. It's Mbappe. He's through on goal! It's the 18-year-old who explodes into life in the UEFA Champions League. And Monaco have come from behind city of Manchester Stadium and Aguero's inside the penalty area right footed shot oh the goalkeeper's let it go through his legs and Sergio Aguero has leveled for Manchester City Falcao Stones is the defender and Falcao's beaten him and Falcao chips the goalkeeper it's absolutely magnificent leave restored in an instant Radamel Falcao with another UEFA Champions League classic it's towards Stones oh wonderful volley Sergio Aguero, it came to him in a flash, and with a swing of that right foot, de 
Kovacic the ball into the bottom corner. Mr. Brunner delivers right footed. It's jumped, it's in, it's John Stones, and Manchester City have turned the game around. Aguero's in, he's onside, and it's in by Leroy Sane, and Manchester City have five, and in a game they've never looked comfortable in, they have a two-goal advantage. It's been an absolutely amazing night of UEFA for Champions League football at the City of Manchester Stadium. It's 5-3. I think John Bradley, our commentator for the game, actually hit the nail on the head because City, certainly for 70 minutes, Paul Saffer, didn't look very comfortable against Monaco. They did. I mean, it's what Monaco have done all season. They've attacked, 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 attacked. They've scored three goals in almost the majority of their match this season, more than 110 overall and then they caught out City in fact when City went ahead they were lucky to have done so and it was no surprise that Monaco ended up 2-1 up at half time and City we've seen City collapse a few times this season but one thing to say about Manchester City is I think is it five times now they've come from behind in the UEFA Champions League this season I think they played in the playoffs as well and they did it again at 3-2 they were they were reeling but they managed to come back and they managed to keep coming back and of course at 5-3 they've got a relatively comfortable advantage we see Kevin De Bruyne try and keep creating. You saw Sergio Aguero. It's not been the best of times for him recently. Gabriel Jesus seemed to have taken his place. Of course, the new signing was injured. Aguero sort of snuck back into the team at the weekend in the FA Cup. And there, there he was making an absolutely invaluable contribution with his two goals. And John Stones as well, who, of course, was left on his bottom by that fantastic Falcao goal. He managed to contribute to goal as well. He also bounced back. He certainly did. A great result for Manchester City. But how will they approach the second leg in Monaco is their boss, Pep Guardiola. We are going to fly to Monaco to score a goal as much as possible. That is my target. So we are not going to defend the result. They are going to adjust something because the, in Champions League, the second game is always like this. But we have to go there to score a goal. It's impossible to go through, to go to the next step if we don't score a goal. If we don't score a goal, we'll be eliminated. Pep Guardiola has never failed to make the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League as a head coach. The headline in the Times, mistakes and mayhem with a touch of magic in Manchester. Monaco head coach Leonardo Jardim says he was proud of his players and that the tie is far from over. We worked hard to put on a show because we are passionate about football. We want to please the fans. Scoring three goals away from home, putting on a great show, it's an important thing. I've congratulated my players. There are 90 minutes to go at our home ground and it's far from over. Anyone watching will have been pleased to see a really great game. It certainly was a great game. Monaco Matin, and local newspaper in Monaco, summed up with the headline, crazy, crazy, crazy. And it certainly was. And I suppose what might frustrate Jardim deep down, as much as he's praising his players, is that sort of 12, 13-minute defensive collapse when they allowed Manchester City to take control of the tie. What happened there, Paul? Well, I suppose they kept pressing. And this is a very young Monaco side, with maybe the exception of Falcon. They only really know one way to play, or at least they've only really shown one way of playing this season. That's to keep attacking, to try and maybe get another goal. And that's what they kept doing. And that's a dangerous game to play against Pep Guardiola's Manchester City with all the attacking talent they've got. It was a risk and it worked for them for 70 minutes. But in the end, they couldn't quite, couldn't quite hold out. And maybe that's where Monaco is just a little bit short at the moment. I mean, it's not impossible. They'll turn it around. In They're the a young leg. team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's understandable. And maybe if they'd sat back at 3-2, Maybe the same thing would have happened because it's just not their way of playing. Maybe they just had to keep playing naturally. 
And maybe if this team stays together and develops, that's the sort of thing they might gain because there's certainly goals, goals there, but they are conceding a little bit and that it may yet cost them the league on. It looks at the moment like it's costing them their UEFA Champions League chance. Kylian Mbappe, outstanding with his goal yeah. at just 18 years of age, the second youngest French goal scorer in the competition ever after Karim Benzema, compared to Omri, who also, like him, scored on his first UEFA Champions League start. But uh, they now go back to the Stade Louis Deux. How do you rate their, their second leg chances, Paul? We know a 2-0, 3-1, 4-2 victory would be enough to take them through. Odds are against them, but one thing, as we keep saying, they score so many goals. So getting two or three goals, it kind of isn't a problem for them. Of course, not conceding the goals, particularly if they are going to have to really go for it. That could be a, prob a problem for them. It's not, it's not a cauldron sad Louis Durr, but then maybe, maybe that, that won't be such a bad thing. Maybe it'll be an atmosphere that Manchester City will find a little bit strange as well, rather than feeling it's a sort of situation they have to go into where we know it's going to be a battle. That's not quite the atmosphere you get, it, you get in Monaco. Um, they'll score goals, Monaco, that's, that's for certain. Probably they won't outscore Manchester City enough to go through, but they're, a, actually, few, few, they're actually a team that would give them a chance. It was a team that didn't have a lot of goals in them. You'd say getting two goals would be a problem, but it's a team with a great attack against a team who have looked a bit defensively shaky, so you never know. Never know. Second leg. We'll be right across it here on Match Day Live Wednesday the 15th of March. Also on Tuesday, Leverkusen hosted last season's finalist, Atletico. Your first leg commentator was Mark Scott. Here's a chance for Sal to get away on the right-hand side, making his way into the area and going for goal in brilliant fashion. Saul with a screamer for Atleti to put the Spanish side ahead. Gamero's on the run. Gamero up against two defenders. He's into the area. Calero for Griezmann. 2-0. Henrik's first up ball, it's a good one, and it's a goal back. Karim Bellarabi at the near post. Gamero for Atleti, and he's gone into the area and gone down here under a challenge from Dragovic, and it's a penalty for Atleti. It's Kevin Gamero, and it's 3-1 Atletico. Brandt on the left wing, early cross in, and it's an own goal. Out came Moyer to make the block, rebounded off Savic, and in, Leverkusen 2, Atletico 3. He worked and driven in towards the header, which is guided in by Fernando Torres. And Atleti have a fourth, and that could possibly be the killer blow for Leverkusen. Via Leverkusen 2, Atletico 4. Now the second of the two Tuesday fixtures, Atletico with that convincing win away at Bayer Leverkusen puts them on the brink of the quarterfinals. And uh, despite the fact they were missing key defenders and conceded goals, Atletico show that they, they can outscore you if they need to. I mean, that first half, Diogo Simeone said perfect. And it was really. You had Griezmann getting on the target after Saul, who's always coming up with useful goals in this competition. And they looked, it didn't seem like Leverkusen had a chance. Bellarabi, course, scored that goal just after half-time. They came back into it. And if Torres hadn't scored near the end, it would have been very close. That, Torres' goal probably has tipped the tyre well beyond Leverkusen, but it's unusual to see Atletico concede twice. They, as you said, they did have they did have a few players missing, which may have contributed to that. But that griezmann gamiero strike partnership at the moment is looking fantastic. Those two Frenchmen. It certainly is. International teammates, of course, and marker. A Spanish newspaper gave four players the three-star treatment. That's their maximum score, an indicator of the perfect performance that Diego Simeone uh, was alluding to. Let's hear it from their left-back, Felipe Luis, who was also full of praise for his team's display. The attacking players, they did a great game. 
And um, as I said, there's a big result. We win uh, uh, here, it was uh, amazing. And uh, with Torres' goal, of course, is uh, even better. But uh, as I said, nothing is done. We have to, you know, to prepare, to to work harder because we have to to be prepared for anything in second game. Okay, here's what the uh, leading football magazine in Germany said about the game kicker. Uh, Camero and co punish naive Leverkusen. Uh, De Verkself were brave going forward, but revealed too many weaknesses at the back, which the Rocky Blancos exploited ruthlessly. I think it would be fair. Naivety might be the right word. It's still a young Leverkusen team, and they were just caught out on too many occasions in needless situations, perhaps. I think so, particularly in the first half when, you know, they couldn't really be afforded to make mistakes. They just let, they let Atletico off the hook very early. It was 2-0 mm. after 25 minutes, and... It's kind of hard to get back into it. You say it's a, a changed Leverkusen time from when we saw them meet a few years ago when it was two 1-0 victories. It was a very different tie then. I mean, they did well to score twice against Atletico. There are positives to take, just like they're positives to take from the way they got through their group, which maybe not everyone expects them to finish mm. above Tottenham, but they did so. They had their great performance at Wembley, which was the key, really. And so it's a Leverkusen team that are learning a bit. They're still far from what they'd hope to be the finished article, depending on if they hold on to their best players. But there, there are things happening. Of course, it's very, very unlikely they're going to get through to the quarterfinals, but it's been a good run overall. And they're up to second half. They more than matched Atletico, and they were unlucky in a way to just concede that fourth. Uh, Leverkusen striker Joel Poyen Palo believes defensive mistakes proved too costly for his team. The league was as tough as we, we thought about it and uh, they were really tired as a defensive and uh, they were counting on a counter attacks as they did and they scored three few brilliant goals from the counters and uh, we shouldn't take that risk that much we can just clear the ball out and uh, that's the lesson we should learn from this game. Of course, everything everybody knows that everything is possible in football and of course it's going to be really tough tough in Madrid but uh, I'm open-minded and uh, I watch the videos after the game and uh, we learn from those and uh, then we go to Madrid to win the game. Leverkusen have lost all four of their last 16 ties. Um, what's interesting is now they need to score at least three at the Calderon. And Real Madrid have won 3-0 at Atletico back in November this season. But they had Cristiano Ronaldo. Is that any way back for Bayern this one? Well, realistically, no. I don't think anyone's ever overturned a 4-2 in that way. And you've got a, a di I mean, it's very unusual to see Atletico concede twice as they did in Germany. Three very, very unusual, you say, with, with I mean, there are some good Leverkusen strikers and Hernandez, so to speak, there are there are players who can get goals, but for them to be say to get free goals and then not concede themselves to the likes of Griezmann and Guillermo, it's very very unlikely. It certainly is. Uh, the second leg on Wednesday, the 15th of March. Next on Match Day Live, we have analysis and reaction from Wednesday night's matches. Dizemos não ao racismo. Nein zu Rassismus. Nein til Rassismus. Non au racisme. Nein til Rassismus. No al racismo. Cristiano Ronaldo, Manuel Neuer, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Vincent Company, Caroline Segar and Lionel Messi are just a few of the European football stars saying no to racism. European football united against racism. Respect. You're listening to UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. You're listening to Match Day Live with Paul Saffer and me, Rob Daly. Our review of Wednesday's round of 16 action begins in Portugal, where two former winners faced each other. Watching Porto Juventus for Match Day Live was Richard Connolly. 
and the yellow cards come out for Tellez. Two cautionable offences within 60 seconds, and Porto are down to 10 men. Here's Piazza into Dybala, he's looking for the run of Lickson. Oh, it's come back to Piazza, it's scored! He smashed it in for Juventus, and there is the away goal. Piazza's first ever in the UEFA Champions League, and how valuable that could be. Here come Juventus with Alexandro down the left-hand side. They're looking for a second. That's a good cross. The space at the back post, and Danny Alves has scored. He's just come on. He's made it 2-0 to Juve. And in the space of three minutes, this tie has turned Juventus's way. Two quick-fire goals, as Richard Connolly said there, and he joins us now, Richard. The, the red card was at the decisive moment of the game. Well, it certainly changed it completely because prior to that moment, and it was the 27th minute, so an awful long time for Porto to play with 10 men, the match had been very tight and very tactical, very respectful, quite frankly, and with both sides terrific winning runs and both sides great home records that respect was totally understandable Porto were better for the first 10 minutes Juventus probably better up until the sending off but after the sending off the pattern completely changed Porto who'd been ambitious sat back in a 4-4-1 formation and Juventus often passing it around the two banks of four tried to work their way into the Porto penalty area often without much joy but at the end of the first half Higuain forced a save from Casillas, Dybala hit the post from range uh, and Porto were, were glad to get in at nil-nil. After the break, um, Porto had a little chance through Herrera but the chances began to accumulate for Juve and we got those two goals both from substitutes in a really uh, quick-fire spell, the 72nd and the 74th minute. In the end, it could have been more. Juventus had 18 shots to Porto's three, four on target oh. and Porto didn't manage one. So they couldn't argue in the end, Porto, with the 2-0 scoreline. Yes, definitely the red card cost them. OK, let's hear from Juve's uh, German international midfielder, Sami Kadira. I think we can be happy tonight because uh, it's a really good result. But uh, to be honest, um, after the, the first half and the red card from Porto, um, yeah, we have to win this game. But uh, we played 90 minutes, um, always with control, with a lot of patience. And um, yeah, I think at the end it will be a good result for the second leg. I think it's really difficult to play 11 against 10, uh, especially on this uh, on this level, because if you get one goal, it's really difficult. So you have to score the first one, and we scored very late, but uh, we never lose the control, and this is the most important on this level. So um, we don't get a goal, we scored twice, and um, so it's a perfect night for us tonight. Perfect night, and it's been perfect of late for Juve. Eight wins in a row for the Biancaneri. Uh, let's hear from their defender, who recently agreed a contract extension, uh, Stefan Lichtsteiner. Yeah, we need to be careful. It's a nice result here uh, in Porto, but it's not uh, it's not finished. We, we need to do the same game like tonight, and then uh, I'm positive that we will pass the, the qualification. You suspect, Richard, that they're in a situation here, Juve, given the, the depth of the squad and the two subs who came on to score, that they, there may be an element of rotation for that second leg with the two goal. I mean, Stefan Lichtsteiner says we can't treat it any differently. But it's a great scoreline. It's near perfect in this competition. Yeah, it absolutely is. And you think that Juventus have not lost at home all season, going back to 2015, September thereof, was the last home defeat for them. For Porto to turn this tie round uh, seems almost impossible. Um, Nuno, the Porto coach, says to avoid being knocked out now will be difficult, but nothing is decided yet. Of course, he has to say that. But... Um, it's an awful long way back for, for Porto against a side, as you rightly say, which is not just 11 good players, but 
you know, getting on towards 20 plus really good players. Mm. If they did make changes, uh, I think they probably would still go through pretty comfortably. I think it'd be fair to say you've seen them quite a lot in the UEFA Champions League this season. How are they shaping up in terms of winning this competition? Because that was part of the reason that they spent all that money on Iguain, for example. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've signed Iguain, they signed Pjanic, both from title rivals in Italy, of course, which is a massive statement in Serie A. But this group of players maybe isn't going to stay together for a long time. They've got a real shot this season in particular. And what makes me say that is the balance that they've got. They've tinkered with the formation. They've won all the games with this new back four. Um, they have got extra attacking talent into the team without sacrificing their defensive solidity. And other teams have attacked brilliantly this week, but Juventus are a very well-balanced side. Balance and strength in depth as well. Because I mean, we saw from the two substitutions and had Marquisio there able to bring on as well and players that weren't even in the squad that are very useful. So... That's a, that's, that's a team that's got a lot of resources and it's clear that Max Allegri knows when to deploy them as well. Both players scoring within five minutes are coming on. Yeah, I mean, Piazza was excellent when he came on. He was introduced at just the right time. His dribbling skills were something that Porto found difficult to, to deal with. And when they were defending so tightly, he did open up the game. Bonucci wasn't in the 18 um, for the game. Lamina wasn't either, nor was Sturaro. Um, they had players like uh, Rugani, Asamoah, Bonatia, who weren't even used on the night. Um, and that's not to mention uh, Thomas Rincon, who they signed to replace Ananes in January as well. So, uh, for my money, they are they are serious contenders. Semi-finals would be uh, would be the minimum they would expect to themselves. I I would I would think. Okay, Richard, get thinking about your man of the match uh, from Porto nil, Juventus two, Piazza. And Danny Alves with the goals on the night. The other match uh, saw UEFA Europa League holders Sevilla take on the champions of England, Leicester City. And our commentator was Steve Wyeth. Nearly getting in each other's way. And down goes Joaquin Correra and Sevilla have a penalty kick. Correra steps up and Schmeichel makes the save, diving to his right. It was a comfortable one for the Dane who judged what Joaquin Correra was trying to do. And it remains nil-nil. Escudero firing it across towards the back post. And this time the ball is in the back of the net. A towering header by Sarabia back across the face of goal. In off the post, into the back of the net. And Sevilla lead Leicester by a goal to nil. Here's Jovetic with Sevilla at the other end. Just for a second, there is the second goal. And Sevilla in control of the tie now. And it's Joaquin Correra who has fired it into the roof of the net. Sevilla 2, Leicester 0. Mari Gray into the path of Drinkwater. Firing it across the penalty area. And Vardy's on the end of it to score what could be a precious away goal for Leicester City. It is just the second game in the last 27 in which Jamie Vardy has scored. But how vital might that be? Sevilla 2, Leicester 1. Let's speak to our commentator for this one now, Steve Weiss. Steve, you hinted at it there. To what extent does that Jamie Vardy goal late in the game change the context of this tie? I've seen one Leicester fan suggest it is a defeat that feels like a win to the Premier League champions. They would have taken 2-1, Rob, 
before kickoff on the balance of play on the night it'll feel even more valuable that that scoreline yes Jamie Vardy will grab the headlines his picture will be on the back page of the British newspapers I'm sure in the morning but the contribution of Kasper Schmeichel in that Leicester goal cannot be uh, underrated tonight a string of first half saves in particular uh, that meant the tie wasn't over after 45 minutes as it could have been and you could tell in the end the way that Sevilla were urgently going about trying to score a third goal themselves, just how vulnerable perhaps they now feel their position is going into that second leg at Leicester. I was going to ask actually how Sevilla responded to that, if their heads dropped at all after having pushed so hard and suddenly found themselves at 2-1, how they responded to that setback. Well, they made a change immediately after Joaquim Correira scored the second goal. He was withdrawn. That was his last touch. And they brought on Vicente Ibarra to sort of sit in the midfield and kind of help Steven Nzonzi dictate possession. And it, it felt and looked at the time as though that was severe saying, do you know what? 2-0 is good for us. The last thing we want to do now is concede space in our own half and perhaps uh, concede an away goal. Well, that is what happened. And then suddenly with the players on the pitch, they had to try and change the momentum again because you really sensed in the final 10 minutes that they'd had a quick chat amongst themselves and were saying, we really need to score again tonight to have any sort of degree of comfort going into the second leg. They weren't able to get that third goal. And certainly it was the Leicester players at full time who looked the happier. Uh, let's hear from the Leicester City manager now, Claudio Ranieri. We played our football in the, our good moment. They scored the second goals, but we don't give up. And then we go back and score a goal. It was important for three things. Get strength to us. Vardy go back to the goal. Reopen the match in the second leg. And that is important. We know. We know they are better than us. A very high quality team. Uh, high experienced team. Everything is high. Okay. But we have a very big heart, a very big effort. We uh, help each other, and uh, I think we deserve this goal. Well, we certainly saw some of that heart into the final 20, 15 minutes of the game. Uh, Steve, there's been loads of reaction from the Leicester camp tonight. Yeah, well, Ranieri also went on to say about Kasper Schmeichel that he was fantastic, saving the penalty, supporting his defenders, but everyone was good and the tie is open. And certainly Schmeichel deserves a lot of the credit and he said himself it was tough, very tough tonight. We lost the game, but they are a very good side. 2-1 away from home in the Champions League is a good result. The away goal is massive. That was something that we hoped we would get. And of his performance, he said... That is what I'm there to do. You have nights like that occasionally in terms of the number of saves he made. And to what extent will Jorge Sampaoli and his Sevilla players be frustrated by what's happened at the PIS 1? On a monitor in front of me, Jorge Sampaoli is currently taking questions from the Spanish press. He does not look like a happy man, and it does look not look as though the nature of those questions towards him are ones of asking him whether he is satisfied with his, his team performance tonight. He looks uh, even more weary than usual, Rob, with the task perhaps that lies ahead for his team. And what was that stat you had about teams getting into, into this stage, losing 2-1 away from home? Based on the balance of previous results in European competition, this is how delicately it is poised. At 2-1 down going into the home leg, Leicester have a 50.1% chance of progressing. So for Sevilla, <laughs> the percentage chance is 49.9. You could have worked that out yourselves, of uh, course. Yes, of course. Steve, thank you very much. Get thinking about your man of the match, but I think I know who you're going to go for.
Uh, let's turn our attention back now to Porto Juventus. Juve with a 2-0 win tonight. Let's hear from Porto's head coach, Nuno. Tough game, tough game. Two different situations when we play against 11 after the, the red card. As we know everything changes, uh, the strategy has to change, we have to balance the team. Um, the players have to work harder, they have to balance and always running to, to get the possession of the ball. And it's hard, but I think defensively we hold on until the 72nd minute. Um, after the goal, in the moment that we, we can see the goal, we are thinking or going to, to search for fast, fast attacks uh, with the Corona, looking for some speed. But um, we know it's going to be hard. A nice assessment of the game there from Nuno. It ends Porto's six-game winning streak in all competitions. Richard Connolly, our commentator for the game. Can you really argue with the changes he made after, after the red card, bringing off Andre Silva, his top scorer? No, not at all. I mean, he brought Leun on uh, to replace uh, Teres, the man who'd been sent off at left-back, sacrificing uh, Silva. Uh, the plan was to use Suarez as the lone front man, a big guy to hold the ball up. And I thought Brahimi actually stayed on from, from, from the start, Brahimi. That wasn't a change, but he was excellent in trying to link Porto's defensive rearguard with some form of attacking He could drag threat. possession up the pitch. Yeah, I mean, he, he was he was absolutely tireless for around 70 minutes. He was substituted, actually, between the two Juventus goals, uh, whether that had a role in, in creating some space for Dani Alves for the second goal shortly afterwards, I don't know. But um, um, no, no, there's, there's no fault for, for, for Nuno's substitutions. He did what he could. The Porto players did what they could. Um, but against a side of the quality of Juventus, to play against them for more than an hour with one man fewer was just too great an ask, and it would be for many teams in this competition. Richard, your man of the match, and why? Well, it, do you know what? I'm going to give it to Brahimi. I thought Alexandro was good for Juventus, and Pjanic completed more passes than anybody. But Brahimi was absolutely tireless, and their task was enormous tonight at Porto, and for the reasons I've stated, in, in trying to provide attacking threat when they were really up against it, I'll give it to him although he ended on the losing side. OK, Steve Wyeth, need I ask you your man of the match? Got to go to goalkeeper Kasper Schmeichel. Arguably made two saves better than the penalty save in the first half alone. Another couple of crucial interventions in the second half to keep Leicester City in the tie. But for him, it would be all over. The precious away goal keeps it alive for the Premier League champions. And Paul Saffer, your outstanding performer from Tuesday. I'm going to pick another player that lost, actually. It's Falcao for the way he led Monaco and his memorable second goal. Uh, well, that's all we have time for on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. After two more thrilling nights of football on terrific Tuesday, there were 14 goals in two matches as Manchester City won 5-3 at home to Monaco and Atletico beat Leverkusen 4-2 in Germany. And then on Wednesday, the 10 men of Porto bravely battled only to be undone by two goals in two minutes, leaving Juventus in control of that one. And could Leicester's away goal play a significant part against Sevilla? The round of 16 second legs starts on Tuesday, the 7th of March. Match Day Live starts at 19.30 Central European time with Napoli versus Real Madrid and Arsenal against Bayern. And then on Wednesday, the 8th of March, is Paris Saint-Germain Barcelona and Dortmund at home to Benfica as well. Until then, from Paul Saffer, Steve Wyeth, Richard Connolly and myself, Rob Daly, it's good night. And it's in by Leroy Sané, a 
Manchester City have five. It's been an absolutely amazing night of UEFA Champions League football. Guided in by Fernando Torres via Leverkusen 2, Atletico 4. Firing it across the penalty area, and Vardy's on the end of it to score what could be a precious away goal for Leicester City. The space of the back post, and Danny Alves has scored! He's just come on, he's made it 2-0 to Juve. And in the space of three minutes, this tie has turned Juventus' way. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.